0: Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. How y'all doing this morning? Everybody having a good Sunday? Everybody have a good weekend? Anybody watch the dogs yesterday? Dogs won yesterday. Go dogs, right? Awesome. All right, so this Sunday... We are starting a new series. We're going to start looking at the fruit of the Spirit, all right? And we're going to be taking them one Sunday at a time, just looking at one lesson for each one, talking about it, talking what the Bible says about it, what Jesus says about it. And this morning, we're going to start by looking at the very first one, and it is love. And I want to begin by asking the question of what is love, right? We have seen or heard many different uses for the word love, Right? Their love is this feeling we can have for someone like close family or friends or someone you might be in a relationship with. It is also a feeling we have for different hobbies, items, movies, books, stuff like that. Love is something you can show someone through action, whether it's being there for them in a hard time or always having their back. And there are so many other ways that we can express the word love. When you look at Webster's Dictionary, it defines love in several different ways. The first way is it is a strong affection for another person arising out of kinship, personal ties, or from sensual desire. The second one is the object of attachment or devotion, which would be like saying, like, you love ice cream, you know, or you love food, some type of food. Um, I love food. Um, the third one is it's an unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. So this could look like the father fatherly concern That God has for humankind. It could be brotherly concern for others, or it could be a person's adoration of God. But without a doubt, love is the central component of our Christian faith. Our faith is grounded in the fact that God loved us so much that he was willing to send his son to die on the cross for us so that our sins could be saved. The two greatest commandments of scripture are that we love God and that we love each other. The words love, loved, or loving appear over 650 times in Scripture. And love is the first thing listed as being a fruit of the Spirit. Alright, so we can kind of see and feel the importance behind the word love, the action of love, just behind these stats we've gotten. You see, but much that is called love in our modern society doesn't really resemble or have a relationship with the kind of love that God has that God shares, how He would define love. You see, we don't always get to see many examples of the holy kind of love that God has and that He desires from us. But this morning we're going to take a look at a passage in 1 John, and I really hope that we can get a feel for how God wants us to see love, right? And how we should see love and how love should play a part in our lives, we're going to be looking at a passage in 1 John. It's 1 John 4, 7 through 21. And in this passage, we're going to break it down, and we're going to kind of look at five different dimensions or ideas for the word love that we get from John here in 1 John. All right, so let me, let me flip over there. We're going to start there right now. Um, the first one we're going to be looking at is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. And they say, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. All right. So God is love. Right. This does not mean that love is God. Okay. Love does not define God. God defines love. And because God is love, because you have this being who is so powerful, right, and all loving, because he is like that. Whoever shares in him, whoever is a part of him, whoever has a relationship with him, will also be able to share and pass on that same love. It's simply a fact. It's a reflection of the reality that where there is love, God is present, right? And where there is not love, God is absent. God and love, they are two in one. But the fact that two people love each other, right, you have a husband and wife, the fact that these two people just love each other, that doesn't really make it the holy and divine love that we see from God. You see, love, as Christians understand it, it's not a human achievement, right? The divinity of God's love is nothing that us as humans can understand and give off. It's more of a gift, right? It's a gift from him. It's, it's something that we have been given, right? It's something that we have the opportunity to, to share as long as we do it through him. So when you look at when you look at God and you look at his love you see someone who doesn't love us because he finds us worthy to love. Right? God does not find us worthy to love. We have not done anything that should make him love us, right? In fact, we have done things that should make him not love us. His love for us doesn't depend on what we are or who we are, right? His love is equal. He loves everybody the same. He loves us because it's in his nature, and he loves us just because that's the kind of God that he is, right? It's the kind of father that he is. He wants to be a God and a father who loves, who guides, who leads. This kind of love is not found everywhere or really anywhere between us humans. We know it only because God showed it when he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, right? That is is the version of God's love that we have seen and that we know And that we should be appreciative of. The second one, we're going to look at how love initiates. We're going to look at verses 9 through 12 here. And it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So here we see how God's love it initiates, right? And the greatest expression of God's love, like we said, was the death of his son, right? The sacrifice he made by sending his son to die for us. And you see God... God's action is really striking. It's really surprising when you look at it in this way. All right, follow follow along. Just follow along with what I'm saying here. All right. The world's attitude towards God has never been one of love. Right? There have been people who followed Jesus when He walked. Right? There was people who followed the Lord and preached even before Jesus was even here. But when you look at the world as a whole, it has never fully shown God love, right? It has never done that. See guys, God's greatest act of love was a totally undeserved gift. We did nothing to deserve what we've been given. The world's attitude then and still is today anything but love against Christ. But it is by love that God is known right? We cannot see God, but we can see his spirit. We can see the effects that he has around us, right? Kind of like how you, you look outside and you can't see the wind, but you can see it blowing through the trees. You can see it blowing leaves. You can't see electricity, but you can see the lights turn on and other effects that electricity has, right? Just like this, we cannot see God, but we can see the effects that he has around us because his effect is love, right? When we look around us and we see love and lives around us in our lives it is God working in our lives it is God working in the lives around us when you look at relationships in society they look a lot more like a collaboration or like a partnership I guess you could say you know like if you're nice to me I'll be nice to you you know this person invited me to lunch so I'm gonna invite them to lunch or they invited me to their birthday so they can come to my birthday they help me out, I'll help them out, you know. That's what that's what our relationships in society like to be. But guys, it's easy to love those who love you, right? Non-Christians can love people who love them. It's hard to love those who don't love you back, right? Love in the Christian community should be so much more than just loving those who love us. Love in the Christian community should not depend on repayment. We are to take the initiative of loving, even when the ones we reach out to, even when the ones that we love don't love us back. The next one, number three. We're going to look at how God lives in us. So that means his love is in us as well. We're going to look at verses uh, 13 through 16, back in 1 John chapter 4. And they say, we know that we live in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is in the Son of God, God lives in Him and He is in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. Alright, so here we see our goal is to know and show the love of Jesus Christ. In this passage right here, There's a word abide, and it's used six different times. The verb to witness or to testify appears here in this passage in five other places in 1 John. See, to abide means to know the love of Christ Jesus, to abide by it, to know and to act by it. To testify means to show the love of Christ, right? We know it's there, and now we're going to show it. We're going to testify on its behalf, right? So, what we're being told here in this passage is that we are to know the love and we are to show the love, right? We are to abide in the love of God, know that it is there, know that he loves us, and we are also supposed to testify on it so that other people can know that it's there and other people can know that they have a God who loves them. The fourth one looks at how love frees us from fear. We're going to look at verses 17 through 18 here. And it says in this way love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him there's no fear in love but perfect love dries out fear because fear has the one who fears is not made perfect in love You guys we all deserve God's judgment right we all to, li- to we all deserve to live in fear of God's anger his punishment But God's love, it transforms our relationship with him, right? When his love is in the midst, it makes it to where we don't have to fear that, right? Because we're loved by him. If we are willing to embrace what Christ has done for us, then we no longer need to live in fear of his punishment. We don't have to fear sin and what it means and what it could do in our life. But instead, we can live in peace and be confident that we can face God with boldness. Because he knows, because we know that he is the God that loves us. Right? And even when we turn away, even when we choose things other than him, he chooses to love us. The last one here, the fifth one, looks at how love is our proper response to God. We're going to finish up his passage here, looking at verses 19 through 21. And they say, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love, God yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And he has given us this command whoever loves God must also love his brother. See, guys, in this passage right here, we see that what God does ought to determine what we do. Right? I'm going to say that again. What God does ought to determine what we do. Remember that we do not love, like we did not love God first. God loved us, right? When we didn't choose him, he reached out to us first. And his son died for us after they turned their backs on him, right? After everything Jesus did for the people when he walked this earth and they turned their backs on him and they hang him. But this is an example that we are to live and to love by. Right? Even when people turn their backs on us, even when people treat us badly, we have been called to love. So, who do we love? Right, we've been talking about love. Who, who is it that we love then? You love everybody, right? You love everybody that walks in that door. You love everybody in your community. You love everybody that you go to school with. And why? Because what God does determines what we ought to be. And God is love. You see, guys, God is love is not just a statement. It's the basis for a believer's relationship with God and with other people. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. When we look at Jesus in this verse, we see two things about the love of God. One, it is a totally undeserved love. Right? We talked about that already this morning. The love of God is totally undeserved. And second, it's a love that holds nothing back. Right? They weren't the God and Jesus, they weren't worried about nothing here but saving us from the sins in our lives. They didn't hold anything back. Right? God had a plan. Jesus followed through with it, and it happened. He died for our sins. The only reason why our sins have been forgiven, the only reason why we have the opportunity to live eternally, the only reason why we have the opportunity to even grow a relationship with Jesus is because we have a Father who looked down at a bunch of broken, lost, sinful people and chose to love. As I wrap up here, I really hope you just tune in here and listen to this last little bit. You guys, love, like I said, is such an important part of the Christian life. right? And love is it is the ultimate test of our spiritual life. right? When you think of God on a spiritual level, the first thing that should come to your mind is love. See, it's a test to see if we have the ability to put our pride aside and choose to love other people. Not just speak on it, but do it. right? Even when they don't deserve it, even when they don't show love back, when they lie, they cheat, they put someone else before you. Through all the obstacles, we are called to love, because without love, we have nothing. Alright? right, First Corinthians 13.1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I am only a resounding gong or a glanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have no love, I am nothing. You guys, Jesus did not simply preach the love of God. He proved it through how he interacted with others. He proved it with how he spoke to them, how he listened to them, how he cared for them, how he led them. And he especially proved it when he gave his life for us on the cross. And he expects us to do the same. You guys, when we abide in Christ, we will abide in his love. And by abiding in his love, we will be able to share that love with the people around us. I encourage you to just live by this and strive to make and grow believers based off the way you treat, interact, and love other people. The last thing I got for y'all, on the way to church this morning, um, I was in my car, I was listening to music, and I had my, my playlist on shuffle, and the song Child of Love came on, the, came on the radio. And I really haven't listened to the song in a little bit, honestly, but the author, the artist, I mean, speaks on the amazing love that we have been wrapped with. Right, And then he speaks about climbing up to the mountaintops and shouting the love for everybody to hear and know. You guys, we are loved. And we've been given the ability to love and to share that love. So as I finish here today, I just encourage you to realize the gift that you've been given and climb up and shout it from the highest mountaintops. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given us in our lives. I thank you for Sunday mornings and the opportunities that we have to come in here and just dive into your word, Lord. Most of all, though, I thank you for love. I thank you for the love that you've shown us over and over again and the love that you showed us through sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all.